Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all the support, as always. Uh, if this is your first time checking out the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform you're listening on, I appreciate it. If you enjoy it, I would appreciate it if you take the time to uh, rate, leave a review, rate five stars, uh, subscribe to the podcast, but also first time that an episode of the podcast is on YouTube. So if this is, uh, you're watching the podcast, that's interesting. That's new to say, uh, I'd appreciate if you would take the time to consider subscribing to the new YouTube channel. Uh, there's going to be lots of video content coming over the course of the off season as well. So, uh, video episodes of the podcast, but also, uh, more short form videos, whether it's about rookies that are coming out this year, uh, buy sells, um, just kind of reactions to free agency reactions to the draft, things of that nature, as well as uh, some more live streams uh, over the course of the offseason, again, reacting to both the draft and free agency and just trying to, um, you know, change things up, get some more stuff out there and hopefully continue to generate some content that you guys are into. So I appreciate uh, you listening or watching on whatever medium you've chosen. Uh, it's always important to me. And today, a couple things that I want to get into, uh, first and foremost, some players that I think it might be time to sell or consider selling uh, in your dynasty leagues, but also uh, second half of the episode, we'll do a little bit of a listener mailbag. Uh, got some questions both on Twitter and on Reddit that I want to answer. Uh, always appreciate when you guys send in questions that you want answers to. So we'll get through that stuff at the end of the podcast, but to kick things off uh, players to sell. Off-season, great time to evaluate your roster and, you know, what the construct of your roster is and what needs you might have and potentially get ahead of some of your league mates. Uh, and the focus, of course, typically at this time of year is on rookies. Uh, rookies are exciting. Rookies are the lifeblood to a good dynasty league and to a successful roster. Um, but trading for veterans or trading away veterans that may have already uh potentially reach their peak and kind of being ahead of the market on that can be equally as important this time of year uh, to making sure that you're not stuck with an aging asset that you're not going to get a, a big return on in the future as well. So handful of players that I want to get into preface this by saying none of these are like you need to go sell low on this guy, right? Like a lot of this is put some feelers out there, in my opinion, see what you can get, gauge the market. And if you can get a big return, sure, it might be worth it. But uh, very few, if any, of these are in the mold of you need to go take whatever you can get for this player right now. Don't get stuck with them. So please, please understand that. I'm not saying that you need to you know, rush out and give these players away for nothing. Um, but the first player that I want to talk about is, and some of these are high profile, so I promise I'm not trying to be like hot takey. But uh, first one is running back from the Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. Probably or possibly uh, the most high profile player that I'll get into today. Uh, but I'm at the point with Zeke where I'd rather move on a little bit early than get stuck too late, assuming I can get the appropriate return. Uh, the Dak Prescott injury this past season casts an odd light on the on the Cowboys offense as a whole. Uh, but even still, Zeke, to me, just didn't look like the same player this year, uh, in my opinion. He posted a career low in rushing yards with 979 despite um, appearing in five more games than his suspension-shortened 2017 season. Uh, combine that with the fact that Tony Pollard looked like a player who deserves to be more involved in the Cowboys' rushing attack moving forward. Uh, and I'd be looking to trade Zeke while the name still might possess a decent amount of value to other managers in your league. 
honestly, I'd be open to a wide array of offers for Zeke, uh, depending on the construct of your roster. But if you have running back depth and could flip him for a late first, early second round rookie pick and an ascending wide receiver like Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, uh, that'd be ideal for me. I'm working through updated rankings right now still, but Zeke will be just outside my top 12 running backs. In the off chance uh, that there's a manager in your league who is still a big believer in the bounce back for him, I'd happily trade him one for one uh, for guys like DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, uh, really almost any of the big name rookies from last year, even someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who some people are a little more down on right now. Um, Zeke to me is just at the point where I don't want to get stuck with a running back who last season didn't look like the same running back to my, to my eyes anyway. Uh, and then, you know, a year from now you're talking about selling him really, really low instead of just, you know, right now lower than what you would have sold him for in years past. So again, I'm not rushing out and I'm not, you know, selling him for just a second round pick or something crazy like that. But if the return's right, uh, absolutely. And if, especially if it's, you know, a crazy package of multiple high picks or something like that, I'm, I'm moving on from him for sure. It's just, he's at the point where I think, uh, in my opinion, his best days are probably behind him and I uh, don't want to get stuck waiting around too long. The second guy that I want to bring up, and again, this is not like go sell cheap on this guy, but tight end from the Las Vegas Raiders, Darren Waller. Again, I I know that you're not going to sell cheap on him, especially in tight end premium formats. Um, Waller is an excellent player at an incredibly thin position when it comes to fantasy production, and I absolutely would not look to move him cheap or at all unless I had tight end depth or was getting back a player at the position I felt good about moving forward, uh, like TJ Hawkinson, or if you're somebody who's a big believer in, say, uh, Mike Gesicki, something like that. But with that being said, he is coming off a career year with over 100 catches, almost 1,200 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns, but he'll be going into his age 29 season, and I try not to get too hung up on the age aspect um, of Dynasty, and I don't view like 29 or 30 as the age cliff for tight ends the way that it is for running backs or even wide receivers in some instances. Um, but if you can get an absolute like ransom for Darren Waller, uh, now is the time I might be open to it. Again, I'm not saying sell at all costs and certainly don't leave yourself short at a position that is short enough already, especially in Dynasty where it's not like you're going in, you know, replacing Darren Waller with a, a streamer off the waiver wire who's ideal as the good guys are rostered. Um, but I'd at least be open to listening right now if the right offer came along. Uh, and if for some reason you had Waller and, you know, whether you snagged like Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson a couple years back in rookie drafts or uh, something to that effect, then I could definitely see, you know, now being the time to sell him for a, a premium package of picks and maybe players moving moving forward. Uh, the next guy, probably not a surprise uh, to a lot of people listening or a lot of people in the dynasty space, but Michael Thomas, wide receiver from the New Orleans Saints, um, and we'll, I'll answer a question later in the show about Michael Thomas as well, but Michael Thomas might be the most obvious name on this list, but I have fairly significant concerns about him moving forward. Uh, this past season put a significant dent in his value. I mean, he came into the year as pretty much the consensus wide receiver one, like not a wide receiver one, the wide receiver one at the position. Um, and unfortunately you're going to be selling low or 
at least what you once thought was selling low uh, based on how he was valued coming into last season. But he's going into his age 28 season surrounded by uncertainty at the quarterback position. Um, it seems like it'll probably t- be Taysom Hill, uh, but no real way to know for sure yet. Um, and he's coming off career low numbers in every regard after only appearing in seven games in the 2020 season. So your main hope in this one is that maybe there's another manager in your league who is still buying um, buying the Thomas bounce back as a legit top end wide receiver. There was you know people this past year that you know were buying the dip so to speak and uh, you know just still banking on that he was going to rebound down the stretch after he got it back together. So if that happens or not, who knows? But um, those players that are kind of buying that bounce back are probably few and far between. Um, the list of wide receivers I'd swap one for one with Thomas is growing seemingly by the day, uh, with the surplus of young wide receiver talent in the NFL. If I was rostering Michael Thomas and could swap him for something like say Jerry Judy and like a late first, early second, that's probably enough for me to move on from him at this point, uh, coming into, you know, rookie draft season this year that, is going to be loaded with wide receiver talent, especially in that late round one, early round two range. Um, depleted a little bit by my personal draft crush, Chris Olave, returning to Ohio State, but still going to be tons of receivers available again this year, similar to last year, uh, especially late one, late round one, early round two. So if I could get somebody that I feel good about moving forward, and personally for me, I'm a big believer in Jerry Judy, you know, still being a very, very good young ascending wide receiver. Uh, despite the knocks on him with drops this year, that's something that I would be looking to do. I would much rather have, you know, a, a semi-early pick and a player like Judy compared to having Michael Thomas right now. The fourth player that I have, got two more guys that I'm going to get into, and then we will wrap up the episode with the mailbag that have a decent amount of questions to get into. So I want to leave some time for that. Uh, number four that I have is Lamar Jackson, quarterback from the Baltimore Ravens, and Lamar is an elite option at quarterback. Let's I'll get that out of the way. And in Superflex, it would take a large haul for me to consider moving him. Uh, but I might still be interested in seeing what the return could be. In single quarterback formats, though, I'm absolutely considering it. Lamar, um, he's a great player, and he still gives you that cheat code-like floor with his rushing ability after running for over 1,000 yards for the second consecutive season. But the passing efficiency wasn't the same as it was in 2019, and the significant step forward as a passer wasn't there. He threw 10 less touchdowns, three more interceptions, and about 400 less yards in 2020 compared to 2019. Uh, in single quarterback formats, there's simply too many quarterbacks. Like <laughs> In single quarterback, there's too many viable options for me to not consider selling high on a player like Lamar. Um, this is not, again, like sell by all means, but if I can flip Lamar for something like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert and a pick or one of those players and a, a running back or wide receiver piece, depending on how your team's built, uh, I'd be open to listening. Lamar is still a top five option for me um, at quarterback, but with so many good players, especially in single quarterback, this is more like a, a one QB trade and super flex. It's going to take a big amount for me to trade Lamar uh, just with the advantage that you get from the rushing ability. But for the drop off that I view from Lamar to somebody like 
like Burrow or Herbert, and if I can get you know a premium pick or a, a young ascending player or some uh, just another player that I feel good about building out the rest of my roster with in one QB, uh, I'm definitely open to it. And the last guy that I want to get into as a sell is somebody that I I've mentioned recently, and I mentioned on the uh, Three Coast Sports live stream last weekend uh, that this is a player that I think I'm I seem to be lower on than almost everybody, but um, certainly lower than the consensus, but I would absolutely be looking to sell uh, chargers running back Austin Eckler. Eckler is fairly consistently ranked as a back end running back one or a high end running back two. And if I can flip him for that sort of value, I am taking the package and running uh, kind of similar to last year when Kenyon Drake was getting ranked right around that spot really often. Um, and it just, it didn't make sense to me. And if you could have sold him high, you know, going into last season, you're probably thrilled. Um, but I just don't see it. It's a Eckler's a player who has never rushed for over 557 yards in a season. Um, granted he only appeared in 10 games in 2020. Um, he had the 2019 year where just under a thousand receiving yards, it was 993 receiving yards. But aside from that year, he had never topped 404 yards receiving. Combine that all with the fact that he plays on a team with a young, promising quarterback um, with superb arm talent uh, who can push the ball downfield that I believe will shift to targeting his outside wide receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams much more in the future, uh, more than the short pass game and the running back pass game to Eckler. And I'm on board with looking to move him. Uh, I have him personally ranked as a, a back-end RB2. So if I can flip him for RB1 value, I would take it and run, whether that's flipping him for picks and a nice piece at running back, uh, depending on you know where your position of strength might or might not be. Um, I'd be okay trading Eckler for a large number of running backs one for one. Um, I mentioned him earlier. I would rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire than Austin Eckler. Um, I'm much more bullish on Clyde's future than I am on Eckler's future. Uh, so just my two cents. I know a lot of people seem to be higher on Eckler than I am. So, um, I understand, but that is just kind of where I'm at on him. It's just, I, I don't think he's a bad player by any means. And I don't think he's a bad fantasy asset by any means. Um, but I just don't, the value doesn't make sense to me if he's going to be, you know, viewed as a, a top 12 or a top 13 running back. I just don't see it. There's too many other good young running backs that I would rather have over him. Uh, or if, if somebody else is going to value him that way, I will sell for that value and build my roster around, you know, whatever I get back. So that wraps up the guys that I want to get into that I, I'd be looking to sell right now. Let's get into the mailbag. A decent amount of questions here. So I did want to leave a, a good chunk of time so I could get through them all. I appreciate everybody who sent me questions on Twitter uh, and on Reddit. Um, and we'll get through them all. I told everybody we would answer them. So uh, we will hop right into it and get right into it. First one is a question from Reddit from Reddit user incredible Herc. Uh, it's a two part question. He says, I have two in one league. I am deep at wide receiver with Adams, Diggs, AJ Brown, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and LaVisca Chenault. While my running backs are Clyde Edwards, Alaire, miles Gaskin and Damian Harris. Could I, and should I try to package a couple wide receivers like Johnson, Boyd and Judy for either a top three pick or an established running back. So I'll stop there answer that before we get into the second part of it it definitely makes sense um you have really really strong wide receiver depth aj brown Devonte adams and stefan diggs is a really really strong you know top three 
Um, if I could, ideally for me, if I could flip, you know, I like Deontay Johnson moving forward just for the target volume. I think he's going to be a really solid player moving forward. So we'll chase Claypool, but I think Deontay is going to be really good in his own right. Uh, but if I could package something, you know, with Boyd and, you know, one of Sutton or Judy for a top three pick or for an established running back, I could be into it. Um, I definitely think that's a smart move in top three, a top three pick. I mean, assuming that the goal there would be to land one of Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Um, I can, I can definitely see it. Second part of his question. He says, also, I took over an orphan and it's a complete rebuild is Justin Jefferson, a sure thing cornerstone wide receiver to build off of, or should I try to move him for multiple firsts? My only players of any value are him and George Kittle. Uh, both of these questions are one quarterback, 12 team standard flex leagues. So Justin Jefferson is definitely a legit cornerstone wide receiver to build off of. Um, he is really in that conversation of players that it, it would be difficult for me to trade Justin Jefferson. Like it would have to be an absolute King's ransom to move him, you know, multiple ones and players of value as well. Like I'm not selling him for just picks because we saw what he can do. Like we know that he's a good player. So I don't want to sell him just for the hope that I can maybe land two good players in the future. Um, I hate to say anybody's untradeable or untouchable, but Jefferson is close. He's very, very good. He's very, very young. The future is very bright. Uh, personally, I would hold him unless it was like a way too good to be true, you know, two or three ones plus another really great receiver back to fill the void for him. Uh, I'm probably holding him unless it's a, a, a crazy offer for sure. I appreciate the questions. Uh, I think in the first one, you're, you're on the right track. Try and package one of Boyd and Sutton or, uh, you know, Deontay or Judy, one of those guys. And if you can get yourself a, a nice RB one, I think that's the smart move. Next one is a question on Reddit again from Reddit user. It takes some luck, full PPR, super flex, tight end premium. I have the following receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, uh, Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, Juju, Allen Robinson, but I'm pretty weak at quarterback and running back. Which of those wide receivers, given their current values, would you most want to sell at this time? Who would you target? It's a good question. Another really good group of wide receivers. Um, Hopkins is interesting because Devontae Adams is in the conversation. You really, like, regardless of how your rankings go, I feel like you can't have Devontae outside the top three like depend you know pick your flavor at that point but uh, the top three or so wide receivers uh so it's tough for me to want to move him although he's getting older but hopkins might be the one and hopkins might be the one that i look to trade and really get the best value uh whether it's for uh, a running back or uh you know, an established solid option at quarterback hopkins is still a legit wide receiver one but is getting a little bit older um juju and allen robinson you can trade them, but somebody's going to be trying to buy low on them now with not knowing what the future is. Juju looks likely to leave in free agency. I think Allen Robinson will probably end up on a different team. It's tough to say exactly where right now. Um, I, there's always a chance the Bears could franchise tag him, but he seems to be making it pretty clear he has no intentions of playing on that tag if that happens. So I don't really want to sell low on either one of those guys right now. You may as well ride it out. And they're both good players. Allen Robinson is a better player than Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, but both good players and good fantasy assets alike and, you know, not like they're past their prime or anything. Uh, Cortland Sutton coming off injury, someone's going to be trying to buy low. So it kind of works it back to Adams, Tyreek, and Hopkins. And Tyreek and Adams is still just a really, really solid top two duo. Uh, Hopkins is great, but I think he's the one that I'd be trying to flip. 
he's got, you know, the big name, but the production to back it up as well. Uh, if I could trade him for, you know, you said you're weak at quarterback and running back. So if I could trade him for, uh, you know, a top 10 or 11, you know, running back, something like that, I'd feel pretty good about it. If I could trade him for say like, a, hmm, I mean, you're not going to trade him one for one for any of like the top guys like Jonathan Taylor or anything like that. But if I could trade him even and land like hmm, DeAndre Swift, that's something I'd be interested in, uh, in terms of quarterback, to trade a premium player like Hopkins, I want a pretty premium player back if it's like one for one. Uh, so, you know, super flex changes things a little bit, but everybody's going to be valuing the top guys pretty early or pretty heavily. So unless you want to potentially put something else into the deal, I'd probably be looking to trade Hopkins for a running back and get back one of those top six or seven guys, depending on how you have them viewed. But DeAndre Swift, uh, if somebody has Saquon and is, you know, done taking the risk on Saquon, I'd be happy to, you know, flip DeAndre Hopkins for Saquon Barkley. I don't believe in the Saquon bounce back. So that's just my two cents though. Appreciate the question. Next one says, I'd love to hear your opinion on Will Fuller with the steady stream of uh, Deshaun Watson news coming in recently. Uh, so another two part here. So I'll answer that and then get into the second part of it. This is from Reddit user, Reddit user, Asa Pletch. So, Will Fuller, I put a Twitter thread out a couple days ago that Fuller is somebody that I'm interested in trying to buy if I can get like a discount on him right now because I think that the worst, like the worst range of outcomes for him is he either resigns or is franchised in Houston and um, Deshaun gets traded. But even still, I feel like he will probably be a pretty heavily targeted wide receiver. Uh, so I'm willing to kind of roll the dice on that. The other options are he stays in Houston and Deshaun stays in Houston. Great. Or he leaves in free agency and signs a big money deal someplace else and is a featured wide receiver there. Also great. Um, the value thing is weird for him right now because he always is going to have the knock of being injury prone and the suspension this year kind of makes things weird. Um, so for those reasons, if I can get him cheap, he's somebody that I'm interested in going after. Second part of his question says, also a personal team issue. I'm going back and forth on is my tight end situation. I have Hawkinson and Andrews and 107 in the rookie draft. Should I trade one and try and draft Pitts, keep both and be set at tight end for the near future? One glaring issue is wide receiver depth with my room consisting of Diggs, Fuller, Chark, Devontae Parker, and Darnell Mooney. Thanks. Um, I really, really like Hawkinson and Mark Andrews both. Pitts is fantastic, um, but... I don't know. The value is already getting a little crazy on Pitts, and I don't think there's any guarantee he's even there at 107, depending on your league. Um, personally, I know that some people have already said Pitts is you know tight end three without even stepping on a pro field yet. Um, I really like Hawkinson. I really do. I really like him a lot. It's hard for me to put Pitts above him, or he'll be probably in that Mark Andrews range, honestly. But um, I definitely wouldn't move Hawkinson um, just for the sake of potentially landing pits in the future. Um, if you can flip, you know, Mark Andrews and if you can flip Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts falls and you like having that tight end depth, I get it. Uh, but if you can flip Mark Andrews for honestly at the one Oh seven, there's, you're going to get a good receiver there. I really think that if you, if you're worried mostly about your wide receiver depth, I'd probably, you know, keep the guys that you have or trade Andrews for whatever you can get. But at one Oh seven, a receiver is going to be there assuming uh he didn't say if this was super flex or not so i can't assume if the quarterbacks will be going early round one but figure you know Najee harris uh travis etienne jamar chase jalen waddle 
um, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. They're seven guys without quarterbacks. So you're guaranteed one of those, and most of them are receivers. Um, but I really like the wide receiver class. I'd be happy to try and fill the void at that spot rather than be desperate trying to you know sell low on a, a tight end or sell a tight end just to potentially draft another one with the 107. Hope that helps. Uh, next one from Reddit user BLE1818 at the 102 one quarterback league for best player available. Are you going ETN or Chase slash Devontae Smith? It's an interesting question, and it assumes that um, Najee Harris is probably the 101. It depends a little bit on how your team's built, and that's I'm not trying to give you a cop-out answer. Um, it's probably, man, it's really tough. It's really close between Travis Etienne and Jamar Chase. Um, I've said multiple times I'm a big fan of building my team around wide receivers, especially just having the longer shelf life. But Travis Etienne is a very, very exciting player in his own right. Uh, Jamar Chase, if it was going to be Chase or one of the wide receivers, it would be Chase, not Devontae Smith. Um, I actually have Devontae Smith as wide receiver three in this rookie class. Uh, Chase, Waddle, Smith is the order for me for the top three guys. So it comes down to Chase or ETN. It's a coin flip, really, and depends on if you are really pressed for needing a running back. I can totally understand taking Travis Etienne. Uh, but otherwise, man, it's really close. It's really, really close. I hate giving you a cop-out answer like that, but coin flip, I'm probably taking Etienne. And then uh, if if you're desperate for a wide receiver, take Chase. But uh, otherwise, I think Travis is the is the move at the 102. Uh, next question is another guy from Reddit. Nam Storm is the user. Uh, Najee versus Etienne. Trey Sermon thoughts. Uh, Najee is the 101 in one quarterback formats for me. He is the total package at running back. Uh, Travis Etienne is very, very good. And I think those two are cut above the rest of the class at running back. Um, but Najee Harris for me, I feel very, very confident in his ability as a true three down running back and by that i mean i'm confident that he could run the ball inside i'm confident that he could run the ball outside he's a superb pass catcher and he's also a plus pass protector so he's not going to get taken off the field for somebody that is a better pass protector than him um regardless almost of where he lands he should be able to find himself kind of commanding a real three down role so i feel very very good about his usage in the pros uh trey sermon is an interesting player he will be a later target for me though probably probably somewhere in the second round uh and mostly due to the surplus of wide receiver talent the wide receiver talent in the middle and late first round and early second round is going to push down some of the other running backs i could see a lot of rookie drafts going where Najee, travis etienne and javante williams go in the first round and then the rest of the guys kind of get pushed down to the second round and beyond uh, next question was another uh, Reddit question. Dinosaur guy 35. I know landing spots play a big role, but if trading the 101 in a one quarterback PPR league, what sort of players could I be looking for? High end RB2 or wide receiver two? Assuming the pick being Harris, Etienne, Chase, Smith. So I wouldn't trade the 101. I wouldn't trade the 101 for somebody that's going to be an RB2 because I think Najee Harris can end up an RB1. Um, if I was, if I was, if I'm reading the question right, if I'm understanding the question correct, I'm assuming that you have the 101. I would just take Najee Harris and be happy about it. Uh, if you mean trading for the 101, I think it would cost you much more than you know a high end RB two or wide receiver two. Um, 
So that's my two cents there. I would stick with the 101 and I would draft Najee Harris. Next, next one is a Twitter question uh, from Billy Beeman, my good friend over from Dynasty Underdog. Does a ton of great work out there. So uh, old Steeman Beeman <laughs> says, expect anything out of Trask at the NFL level. What range would you take him in rookie drafts? Assume super flex. I'm not a big Kyle Trask guy. I'm really not. I think that him and Mac Jones will both uh, be overdrafted in the actual NFL draft and then probably be overdrafted in super flex rookie drafts just based on the value for the position. Um, Trask and Mac Jones will probably both go in round two of rookie drafts, but it'll just, that's too rich for me. It is. I, I know that uh, you can figure, I guess, in first rounds of super flex rookie drafts, bank on Lawrence Fields and at least Wilson probably going and Trey Lance probably sneaks into a decent amount of those as well. Uh, late round one, early round two. Um, and based on that, the amount of skilled players that will be left in round two are too good for me to pass up. I know that like it's tough to pass up on drafting a rookie quarterback in Superflex, especially since it's the cheapest that that quarterback's ever going to get if he hits, especially if you're trying to, you know, a quarterback. People faded Justin Herbert last year and, you know, try and trade for him now in Superflex. It's much more expensive. Um, but I'm just not a big Trask guy. I just don't think him and Mac Jones do what uh, the NFL, the modern NFL values in a quarterback. They, you know, drop back passers that can't really create on their own, don't really have a ton of mobility. Uh, I think Trask and Mac Jones both benefit from, you know, loaded skill players around them as well. So he's not somebody I'm really interested in. Uh, will probably get drafted a little too high for my taste. Uh, and I think he'll probably go in round two of a lot of rookie drafts and super flex. Appreciate it though, Billy. Next one is a, I uh, got a couple more here and then we'll wrap it up. So next one is another question from Reddit, uh, from Reddit user sleepy dad of two. He says, I own the one Oh one in a 12 team, one quarterback, full PPR, where we start one QB, three running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end and a flex. I'm super thin slash weak at running back. And it's a premium position to have depth because we need to start three question. Should I keep my team as is and draft Najee or Etienne pending landing spot? Or do I trade one of my wide receivers since I'm super deep and have three of the top nine wide receivers? Here's my roster, Patrick Mahomes. At running back, he has uh, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, Justin Jackson, LaMichael Pirine, Tony Pollard, Boston Scott, Rodney Smith. Wide receivers, he has Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, Denzel Mims, Allen Lazard, Greg Ward. Tight ends, Darren Waller, Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, and uh, Devin CSC. Thanks in advance. It's a really interesting question, uh, kind of similar to what I said earlier. For me, I would stick at 101, and I would take Najee Harris. With running backs being a premium starting, with, with running backs being a premium, especially starting three of them, uh, pairing Najee or Etienne if you prefer him, but for me it's Najee Harris, uh, gives you a strong top two. You have great de depth at wide receiver, uh, like you said, and I'm a big believer, like I had just mentioned a couple moments ago, about having strong depth at the wide receiver position in Dynasty, but I wouldn't be in a rush to make that move now. You could always flip one of those guys once the season gets underway. If Denzel Mims breaks out the way I think he can, or if Debo can stay healthy and bring his value back up a little bit. Um, but I would be happy to draft Najee Harris. Know that you already have a great group of wide receivers. Najee and Miles Sanders shores up that running back position a little bit. And then if Denzel Mims, you know, pops and becomes a real starting caliber player this year uh, for fantasy terms, 
maybe you look to flip one of those guys and add another legitimate running back as well. So it's a good question. Uh, interesting one, especially with being required to having to start uh, three running backs. And then the last one here, uh, Twitter user R Gonzalez RM receivers. You would draft over Michael Thomas next year. That is an interesting one because we were just talking about how I would trade Michael Thomas. So I'm assuming startup drafts. So just looking at it quickly, and my rankings are a little bit of a mess right now because they're all getting shuffled all over the place. But players I would for sure draft ahead of him in a startup, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, uh, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, CD Lamb, Stephon Diggs. It's a long list. It really is. I would probably, I'd still draft DeAndre Hopkins over him. I would probably, even with the uncertainty at the position, I'd probably draft Chris Godwin over him and without even knowing what he's going to do in free agency. After that, it gets a little bit more dicey. Um, and some people will probably say, some people might not be on board with like T Higgins over him, but T Higgins was having a really good rookie year, a much better rookie year than a lot of people expected him to have, uh, you know, and then Burrow goes down, but he's a player that I feel really good about. And I think we've, we've seen the peak of Michael Thomas. I don't think we've seen the peak of some of those other guys, uh, especially in cases of guys like Justin Jefferson. Um, so I think we're only scratching the surface of what some of those really young guys can be as well. So it's getting to be a pretty long list of guys I would take over Michael Thomas. And it's unfortunate. He, I know he was a really great fantasy asset for uh, a lot of teams, but I think the, uh, I think the best has already come from Michael Thomas. I could be wrong, but I don't want to be uh, <laughs> rostering him too much longer and find out that way. I'd rather be, I'd rather move on and be wrong or pass him up in rookie or excuse me, not rookie drafts, pass him up in startup drafts and left the value gets way too crazy. And then yeah, sure. Eventually you got to take a chance, but that's uh, that's my thoughts on Michael Thomas expanded a little bit from even though earlier I said I would sell him already, but that about wraps it up for this episode of the show. I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen as always. Uh, if you're not already follow the show on Twitter at dynasty drive, uh, catch any of my written work for, um, for a Debbie content over at NFL draft Bible who just announced they have now partnered uh, with Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation as the official NFL Draft content provider over there, So, which is awesome. There's an NFL Draft Bible literally pumping out content for everything you could want. NFL Draft, Dynasty content, Devi content, have it all. So make sure to check that out. Uh, make sure to, if you want to follow the show on Instagram, it's at the Dynasty Drive. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe on YouTube. We got to get that going as well. And like I said, there'll be a bunch more video content in the future uh, coming your guys' way. But I appreciate everybody supporting the podcast. I have another episode coming out next Friday, as always. Uh, going to talk with a uh, good buddy, Skip Newton, breaking down some tips for uh, Devi beginners. So we'll dive into a little bit of Devi content in the off season because it seems like this year especially – I think a lot more people are trying to dip their toe into that water. So uh, we'll get that out next week. But other than that, enjoy, guys. Hopefully you can uh, make some trades. The offseason is here, so it is trade season. Appreciate all the support, as always, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.